Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello there. So pleased to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got an interesting item indeed. If you'll take a look over here in this display case, we have pieces of fine jewelry throughout the centuries. Now, this one right here is probably dated mid-900 AD. This is what's known as a wolf cross. Now, it may look to your eye like an inverted cross, a symbol oft referred to in satanic context. But the wolf cross is more of a cross between Thor's hammer and the Christian cross. Many believe it to be a piece of navigational tool with a sunstone set in it. It's an Icelandic symbol that made its way throughout the Scandinavian countries due to the Vikings and certainly a piece of historical mystery to its origins and its meanings. But therein lies the mystery of our episode today on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shutter original, Leave. So, Leave was released on Shudder here, what was it, March 17th, a movie that I had on my radar for a while, because when I start off the new year, I'm always delving into research in into what shows and movies are coming out throughout the upcoming year. Now, usually at the beginning of the year, we only scratch the surface of uh, all the shows and movies that are, are going to be released in, in any given year. But I like to at least get a head start on planning uh, the things that I need to see. And I, I keep a planner and I chart it all out, all the movies and, and TV series that, that I know at the beginning of the year are, are things that I'm going to want to watch and probably going to want to talk about. And Leave was one of those movies. I didn't know much about it. I knew it was a Norwegian film. Uh, I knew that it, you know, it was a horror film. And that was just about it. I don't know as if I even actually saw a trailer for it at the time. But then I eventually did see a trailer. And I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. And just by the the artwork of the, the movie poster really was, was quite odd and bizarre you know it had the main character sitting on a bed and then underneath it the crosses from grave markers in a in a cemetery and you know cemeteries are 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 ripe with the uh, pickings of horror that i you know i can't uh, can't resist uh, anything involving a cemetery in it uh, maybe Maybe it's my love of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery always kind of draws me back to that, or that that opening scene in Night of the Living Dead always always bring me back to to cemeteries for for true horror and and some fantastic horror. But uh, you know, just just from those elements, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in on this. I want to check this out. And then you know, you get the synopsis of what this is about: this young woman trying to find her origins. She was abandoned in a, uh, a cemetery as an infant, wrapped in a cloth with satanic symbols and 
And she's looking for the answers. You mix in a malevolent spirit, uh, possibly trying to get her to leave. Uh, hence the title of the movie. But there's even more to it than that. The title of the movie, Leave. There's a there's another uh, bit of context that you get later that uh, makes it kind of interesting and makes a little more sense. We'll get to that later. So from here on out, I do want to uh, be right up front with you. We are going to talk about this movie, and we're going to talk about everything in this movie, or at least uh, as much as I can in this movie, and I'm not holding back. So there are going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't watched Leave, go check it out. It's on Shutter right now, and uh, I, I think you're going to like it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did have some problems with it, and we're going to talk about those problems, but there were a lot of things I did like about this this movie. So check it out. I think you're going to like it, and then come back and uh, listen to my thoughts on it and see if how they compared to how you felt about this movie. But if you have watched it and you do want to find out uh, what I think about it and see if it jives with what you uh, felt about this movie, or maybe you just want to see if if it's even something you do want to watch and you don't mind spoilers, we're going to continue on. But from here on out, there are going to be some spoilers for this movie. Now, one of the things uh, I found really interesting when kind of doing some research on this is the director, Alex Heron, uh, is a Norwegian director. And I mean, he's done a lot of stuff over the years, uh, but a lot of it was dealing, you know, he directed a lot of music videos, uh, directs a, a show probably in the past few years, uh, directed a show on the record where they talked to different bands and musicians like Alter Bridge and Green Day and Airborne, stuff like that. Uh, so really steeped in the music world, uh, which I can appreciate that uh, being a, a DJ uh, working in radio for, for almost the better part of my life I, I can i could appreciate the the ties with music but but really kind of delving a lot into like i said music videos and and not so much in the movies i mean did some tv movies and things like that but not anything i was terribly familiar with so really interested i was really interested when i found out about him uh, being the director you know how he was going to do uh, with this movie because it wasn't a director i was i was completely familiar with same with the writer thomas moldstad uh, not a writer i was terribly familiar with and i really wasn't familiar with uh, a lot of his work uh, that he's written as far as you know he's done some tv miniseries some tv series some screenplays stuff like that but just not a a screenwriter that i'm familiar with and i'm always you know that's always exciting to me to 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 find out this is either a first time director or a director i'm not familiar with a director or, or writer that hasn't got a lot of exposure here in the states so it's always interesting to see you know what what people from the other side of the world are doing with with movie and TV and, and things like that. So that always excites me. And of course, with a Norwegian film, you're going to get a lot of actors that you're maybe not familiar with. And that was the case here with me. And, and we'll get into some of those actors. We're really going to talk mainly about one character, the main character, Hunter, that we get throughout this, this movie. And she interacts with all the other characters because we're we're experiencing this movie through her perspective and from her point of view. So she interacts with all the characters. So we're really just going to talk about her, but we are going to talk about her relationships with all the other characters that come about and the performances that we got. Now, right off the bat, I kind of want to talk about how this movie is set up because I would 
talked about the synopsis, but I really dug how uh, the opening credits, I thought the opening credits were really interesting because you had a lot of like fire and things burning. Uh, you had a lot of like uh, news reports and police reports. You got glimpses of things. I wish I would have gone back and rewatched that opening. Uh, while I still had this movie rented on Amazon Prime, go and watch it and kind of freeze on those and, and read a little little more in depth some of the things you get. But you see a lot about the occult and grisly this and bizarre that and a uh, child left at a cemetery and, you know, just a lot of really things that feel cryptic and ominous at the time, uh, but all play into the bigger story that we're going to see unfold. And a lot of things that we hear about and find out about through, uh, you know, this main character in the story, we see where, oh, that's a callback to that thing that I saw in the opening credits, which was kind of cool. But we start out in the past, and I can't remember what year it's supposed to be, but it's supposed to be like... I don't know, 20 some years ago, where you hear a 911 call and a woman saying that there's a baby left in a cemetery and it's crying. Send help, essentially. And we see this police officer show up. And and really, I, I loved this opening scene because it was really kind of creepy. A cemetery at night and this lone officer going out and... You hear this baby crying and you don't know what's there. You don't know if this is a trap. You don't know if this is a setup. You don't know what this movie is all about because by the things I saw and the descriptions I saw for this movie and the, uh, like I said, the movie poster for this movie, there, it felt like there was a lot of satanic uh, implications and you knew there was some sort of spirit element in this. Is it something demonic? Uh, you really didn't know what to get. And when you see a, a lone police officer going into a, a cemetery, a creepy cemetery at night, you're expecting the worst. I'm expecting a dance macabre type scenario where shit's coming to life and things are coming to the ground and, and who knows what's going on. But but it really added a lot of tension. Just that, that first scene just kind of creeped you out until this cop finds the baby and, and puts puts this baby in the front seat and you're still waiting for something to, to jump out at you and, and, and grab him and, and take him off to who knows where. But it never happens. But they did a really good job of setting tension, setting a creepy atmosphere and it was a great way to start this movie because it really set a tone that that I don't know as if it actually paid off that tone in the very end of it. Um, and, and we'll get to that. But I did love how this movie started off. And then you flash forward, you know, 20 some years to Hunter, who is this baby all grown up. She's she's in college now and lovely young woman and she was taken in and adopted by this police officer that that we meet at the very beginning of this movie. The character is uh Ryland White, uh, played by Clarence Smith who's he's done uh, you know he's a British actor, done a ton of stuff. Um I <laughs> I didn't remember him, but when I found out that he actually played one of the uh, a guard or like one of the Naboo fighter pilots or something, he was in the uh, Phantom Menace Star Wars movie, which which I thought that was kind of cool. 
But you meet these uh, two characters, and you, right off the bat, you get their relationship. How he is a, a very loving adoptive father to her. She is a, a very loving daughter. He cares about her, but she seems distant. And, and you get that she's distant because of what she's going to do next. But you can tell she's kind of in that place where she's starting to feel the effects of, I, I don't know where I came from. I don't know why my parents gave me up. And what was wrong with me? Why didn't they want me? You see her in the basement where her father has like an old box full of all the things that she was found with. And and when he finds her, she's wrapped in this black cloth with all these white satanic symbols on it. And she has a wolf cross uh, around her neck, which, you know, here in the United States, uh, a lot of people equate that as an inverted cross and a symbol of Satanists and uh, has satanic implications and you know she's she's looking at all this you know why was i wrapped in a cloth full of satanic symbols why did i have this uh, inverted cross uh, hanging around my neck what was going on what was inside of me that caused my mother to not want me so you really get without a lot of exposition why she is kind of distant with her father and, and because he is so loving and, and so caring and he thinks she's going off to college but actually she's flying off to Norway to try and find her birth mother and I thought the way they integrated her kind of investigation work she has somebody in mind that she thinks is her mother um, a character we'll talk about here in a little bit but uh, I like how they kind of imply and they don't go through the investigation work but she talks you know she she figures out when she was born and uh, she knows uh, that you know she's done one of those DNA tests and that she's you know x percent like 90 percent scandinavian and what scandinavian bands were there was a scandinavian band that that came through this area uh, where she lived uh, you know, at that time she was born and, oh, well, this lead singer has got very blonde hair like her. It must be her. And and she flies to Norway to try and uh, get a DNA sample to, to do, uh, you know, some DNA testing. And that's when, you know, she meets this character, Cecilia, who is not her mother. Uh, but she kind of starts pointing Hunter in the right direction. And I like the character Cecilia. She didn't have much uh, screen time, uh, but what she did, I think, was really good. Uh, Ellen Dorrit Peterson uh, plays the Cecilia character, and and I really liked her. I, I kind of wish we would have seen more. I wish her character had a little more to do in the movie because I really liked her performance. But she's the lead singer of a uh, Norwegian death metal band, essentially. <laughs> and uh, And she kind of puts two and two together that uh, Hunter is the daughter of her former bassist and uh, kind of a groupie that uh, really hung around with them and really uh, started following and, and touring with them. But all the while through this this whole kind of investigation that, that really gets us uh, through this first act and into where we need to be, where she actually finds uh, the family of her, her thought-to-be-deceased mother, uh, you're seeing these 
uh, apparitions and images and shadows in the background, shadows, you know, just outside of the periphery, shadows within the uh, unfocused background of, of wherever she happens to be. And it's very ominous. I, I, I don't think how they played it worked uh, well enough to be that ominous or that scary or that foreboding. Uh, you get, okay, that's a creepy shadow figure, uh, but I never got any any notion that this shadow figure wasn't anything but just there. And she keeps insisting that she feels like it wants her to leave, but we never really get any anything visually to make us feel like this thing wants her to leave. Sure, it's creepy, and... And some of it is a little too kind of cliche, apparition haunting me sort of stuff. Doors opening, uh, shadow moves behind her, uh, that sort of thing. It, they really weren't trying to break any new ground here. And, and I think that may be why it just didn't land, I think, the way they wanted it to. Like I said, it's still kind of creepy, but just not... As creepy as it could have been or should have been. But she eventually finds the family of her her deceased mother and, and goes to visit them. And she meets them, her aunt and uncle, her cousin, Stane Norheim, played by uh, Herman Tomaras. I, I thought he did a really good job playing a really creepy character. <laughs> but, but in this whole interaction with the aunt and uncle and her cousin, uh, you learn some things that don't quite make sense. You find out that what would be Hunter's grandmother died a long time ago, mysteriously or, or under weird circumstances. You find out that her cousin, the, the older daughter of the aunt and uncle she meets, disappeared mysteriously just uh, a month or so before Hunter's mother uh, allegedly died. You get a lot of implications that... Women don't fare well in this family. And Stane even makes a comment because he's kind of like the spoiled rich boy who acts like a dickhead and probably is a dickhead. Is a dickhead. You know, there, there's no probably about it. He's a dickhead. Uh, he comes across as charming enough to, to lure you in, but he's just going to do dickhead things. But uh, he's constantly in trouble and he makes the the comment to his mother that uh, she wishes he was a girl, making it seem like, well, if he was a girl, then something would have happened to him. He wouldn't be around and she wouldn't have to worry about him getting in trouble all the time. So it really kind of threw out some, some red herrings, I, I think, that uh, made me think this was going to be one kind of movie, uh, the same kind of movie that the stuff at the beginning uh, with the satanic symbols and the inverted cross, it kind of led me to believe this was going to be some sort of, uh, you know, satanic demon. Uh, I, I thought maybe somebody, you know, maybe they're sacrificing these women uh, to some, you know, some demon or Moloch or, or something like that, or, or whatever the Norwegian uh, equivalent uh, of that would be. But like all signs pointed to this end. And uh, we'll get to how it actually ends. But this is kind of where my mind is at as I'm watching this. And they keep pointing her towards the patriarch 
of this this family, the, the Norheim family, uh, Torstein Norheim. He is her grandfather, played by Stig Amdom, and he did a really good job. Like I said, the the Steen character was was really good. Herman uh, Tomaras uh, played him quite well because he played that 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 rich prick that is used to always getting what he wants. And we'll, we'll kind of get into some of the some of the things that lead to that. But uh, but I I also like the Stake Amdom uh, Torn Norheim character uh, because he played a good grandfather. He played that kind of. Uh, hesitant love you know this is his granddaughter who he's never met before uh and he's he's hesitant as to how close he should be because it is his granddaughter you would think you know you you want to love a member of your family even if you've never met them before but how close is too close too soon that sort of thing so he he played uh, a kindness a grandfatherly kindness and but he played a, a distance that you would get in this sort of relationship that I found interesting. And he played it quite well. And then as you see him start to get a little more, not standoffish, but Hunter wants to investigate. She's looking for a diary that she's heard about. And he doesn't want her having anything to do with it. And you can tell there's secrets there. Uh, you don't know what. You think it's just a grieving father doesn't want to rekindle the the pain of his daughter dying, you know, twenty some years ago. But uh, but you know you know this is a horror movie, so you know there's got to be more to it. Uh, again, there it, it pointed me towards the idea that maybe she was sacrificed. This has something to do with with witchcraft or devilry, devil worshiping. Um, you know, this this Torstein character is very religious, but, you know, that could all be a ruse or maybe he's very religious and it comes across as, oh, he's, he's religious uh, as a Christian, but it's not Christianity that he's very religious about. It's something else. And it's, it, it left the door open for a lot of things, like I said, that are all seem to be pointing you in this direction. And it just didn't turn out to be that direction. You get a detour sign along the way that we'll talk about. But this is where the Stain character uh, kind of comes in, where he helps her break into her grandfather's house. And, and you get a lot of creepiness in this scene where they're kind of sneaking around the house. He's looking for things to steal because his parents have frittered away all their money. And, you know, he feels like he's entitled uh, to, to a piece of the pie. But he's looking for things to steal she's looking for this diary and you get creepy moments with you know there again uh shadowy figures in the background and and things uh just coming off as as tense and uneasy and 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 spooky in this dark old house uh it was an interesting scene until uh stain decides that well if he can't have the money she's making him put back he's gonna get something else and starts forcing himself on his cousin it, it was creepy in its own way and, and gross in its own way but then when she socks him with that cast iron skillet and he hits his head on the corner of that counter i i know it's all effects and it didn't happen the way it seems uh, the way we see it it's all you know uh stunts and whatnot but by god just watching that scene uh it just made me cringe because anytime somebody cracks their head like that on on a corner it just uh 
It's gross. And then, of course, she thinks he's dead. I don't know if they should have killed off the character. I mean, the character didn't have any agency towards the end of the movie anyway. So, I mean, they didn't kill off the staying character. I think they did that to kind of preserve the innocence of the hunter character. They didn't want to make her a murderer. Uh, because, you know, she's she's the hero. You want to empathize with her. You want to feel sorry for her. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame her in that situation. The guy was trying to fucking rape her. Uh, I You know, she, she should have walloped him with a cast iron skillet. And if he didn't want his head cracking onto a corner of a counter, he shouldn't have been trying to force himself on his, his cousin. But I can see why they, they didn't want to kill the character off uh, for... For the hunter character's sake but she finds out that he's not dead uh the cecilia character helps her out there she just happens to know a guy that is a doctor she's been close with him so he owes her favors and is going to uh let her know that stian isn't dead and that's when hunter goes back to her, her grandfather's house and is looking and finds the shocking reveal that her mother isn't dead. Her mother is locked away. And then you get this crazy ending where Torstein and his his brother come back and they knock out Hunter. Hunter has a vision of... And there's, there's some exposition about how the whole thing really went down 20 years ago when, when Hunter was born. Her mother's cousin, I believe was was killed and left at this uh, that this church and burned her body burned and they left hunter's mother's id there and of course it was all blamed on hunter's father who was the bassist in cecilia's norwegian death metal band he went crazy because he thought that uh, that Hunter's mother had killed her or done something with her. And they have some really good scenes with her and her father in the mental facility that he's in. Uh, Christian's his name, played by Morton Holst. Uh, I, I thought he did a really good job. He had some like Sebastian Stan vibes about him. I, I really enjoyed his performance in this. Uh, there again, what little uh, we got to see from him. But he was uh, accused of burning his his girlfriend, uh, Hunter's mother, uh, alive in this church. But here it wasn't him and it wasn't Hunter's mother at all. It was her her cousin. And Hunter's mother has been locked away this whole time in this this hidden room in Torstein's, uh, in Torstein's home. Now, the reason why is a little... Nah, I don't want to say convoluted, but Torstein is very religious. And he's very, obviously, he's got some of his own personal inner demons. And he is tempted by women. Women are temptresses. The female form is a, is a temptress and it's a thing of evil. And it's kind of implied that he killed his wife because, because of that. And that Hunter's mother wasn't too far gone, but Hunter's cousin was. So that's why they killed her and left her in, in Hunter's mom's place. And now Hunter, because she is a girl, uh, she should be killed too because she's an evil temptress. It had nothing to do with with devil worship or anything. And, and there again, uh, I usually blame Hollywood for this, but apparently it's not just Hollywood. It's it's cinema all over the world. Uh, Christian and other bad guys. Uh, you can't make devil worshippers of the bad guys because then that would be too, uh, I don't know. 
They would make them feel bad. So you got to make the Christians the bad guys because uh, because nobody gives a shit about their feelings. <laughs> because God knows that the most extreme Christian beliefs are held by everybody who, who claims to be a Christian. It's not on the fringe at all. But, uh, but at any rate, it really was disappointing that they, they had all this set up for this really cool supernatural bad guy and it's just a a whacked out old man who has been drinking a little too much of the jesus juice not that killing people and locking up your daughter has anything to do with jesus at all but hey it's hollywood but hunter finds out that her mother is alive has been alive and finds out that her adoptive name is hunter but she was named after her cousin that that died that torstein killed in place of hunter's mom and her name was leave liv and she you know hunter's mom named her daughter after that so there you get it title of the film leave l-e-a-v-e but it kind of is the same as leave L-I-V. Kind of clever. I wish the movie was better to make that more impactful. But to get that big finale, Christian dies. Uh, Hunter and her mother are chased by Torstein. Uh, Torstein shows up and gets killed. And that's the movie. There again, not that it was bad. Because um, I really did enjoy this movie. I was just expecting as a horror movie, I was expecting a little more horror. I was expecting a little more of a supernatural element other than just this ghost of her her long dead cousin trying to get her to leave. It's never really spelled out, but her her dead cousin, the one that was killed and posed as as her mother was trying to get her to leave Norway because she knew that Torstein would try to kill her. Her name was Leave Hunter's real name is Leave. Leave wanted Leave to leave. <laughs> Pretty much what it boils down to. Uh, when I say it like that, I'm like, oh, that's uh, never mind. But but at any rate, like I said, uh, I really did enjoy the movie because uh, you know it was a good movie. I just expected more out of it. I expected more supernatural elements. I expected something more sinister than just some old guy with antiquated Christian values that are on the fringe of what real Christians believe or the average Christian actually believes. And he's gone crazy and is imprisoning and killing people when you had all those red herrings pointing you to something sinister uh, something demonic or, or, or something some cultish thing like i said I, I would have been more impressed maybe it probably would have been more obvious that that torstein isn't necessarily he's religious but it's not a christian religious it is some sort of more demon uh, centric religion and he's sacrificing women in his family to to keep his power you could have still had like a down with the patriarchy type theme but it would have lent itself a little more towards horror than just some old guy that's that's gone off the deep end because up until that point, you really had some some creepy scenes. Like I said, that the initial scene in the graveyard was creepy. That initial scene when Stan and, and Hunter are going through Torstein's house. Even when Hunter comes back and he's looking but ends up finding her mother. Uh, you know, that had some creepy. It had a lot of moments of tension. Uh, the big finale where where Torstein catches Hunter in the room with her, her mom. And, and that whole thing, the way it played out. It really built a lot of tension. The moments with the apparition of 
of Hunter's aunt or her cousin. I keep wanting to call her her aunt, but her cousin. Uh, those were, were creepy, not terribly scary. And like I said, a, a lot of the early appearances of the apparition were quite cliche for for a horror movie. But I think if they would have focused a little more on that, because all of a sudden, at some point, that stops. Uh, and you really don't get a lot of that. Or you'll go uh, long stretches without any sight of this apparition, this dark apparition that uh, she ends up finding out is her dead cousin. And she does this thing where, sorry, you had to go through all you went through. I don't know. It didn't play out well for me. It just it wasn't as interesting as if they would have done something a little more a little more complicated, whether that is some cult type thing. Uh, to me, that would have been more interesting, a little more horror centric, uh, whether there would have been some bigger twist other than her mother still being alive. Uh, Cause the reveal of that, you're not sure, is this her mother or is this her cousin? And, and the reveal wasn't as, it's crystal clear right off the bat, so it didn't really work as a twist for me. But yeah, you had all these things. The the blanket she's wrapped in, the black blanket with all the satanic symbols, uh, you know, all that was as her mother was following around and her father is a part of this Norwegian death metal band. And of course, they like to use all the satanic imagery as, you know, shock for shock value. Uh, they It was probably one of their concert t-shirts or, or something like that. The wolf cross is, of course, not an inverted cross. It's not a satanic symbol. It's just a symbol that's very common around Norway. And they, they tell you that right off the bat, right up front. So there are a lot of things that are making you think, oh, well, maybe this isn't as creepy, demonic, cult, whatever, as I think it's going to be. You have all the women in the Norheim family that uh, die under mysterious circumstances but it doesn't have anything to do with any sacrifices. It's just Torstein's a horned dog that blames his horniness on, you know, the female form and its wicked, temptress ways. Uh, to me, that was, I don't know. It just lacked imagination, I think, is my problem with it. Other than that, I, I really did enjoy the movie. I thought the the story, for the most part, this girl who was abandoned in a cemetery and this mystery surrounding her abandonment and trying to find answers was an interesting story. I didn't really talk about her much, but the, the actress, uh, Alicia Von Rittberg, who played... Hunter did a really good job, although she she plays an American, but she's a German actress. And throughout this whole movie, uh, you know, she does a good job for the most part doing an American accent. But there are some times where little things, little bits of her accent uh, slipped through and it, it sounded like a European trying to do an American accent. But, you know, there again, those were moments that, that I didn't mind because she did do a good job. I really liked her as this character. She was very sympathetic. You you felt the pain of not knowing and and even more so not knowing what happened, why she was abandoned. But but yeah, the why was she abandoned? What was wrong with her? And, and this, this torment inside of her, as much as she had a very loving father and a and a loving mother who who passed away some years prior you know she still has that piece of her missing uh that piece of her past that's missing that that she needed to fill and you, you really felt all that torment and then you felt the satisfaction of of finding your roots 
when she finds the Norheim family and and then all of the mystery and the the strength of her character uh, that is not going to give up, that is going to do what she has to do to find out about her mother, this missing piece in her life. And then the strength that she shows when she does find her mother and, and does what she has to do to survive this and and get her mother out. I thought uh, Alicia von Rittberg did a really good job with all this this myriad of emotion and this myriad of of acting that she had to, to put on. I thought she did a really good job. I thought all the actors and actresses in this uh, were, were were really good. I, I quite enjoyed it for for not knowing anything about a lot of these actors and actresses. Uh, I really enjoyed the performances of everybody. Like I said, I think uh, the the writing was good in that I liked all the dialogue. I liked the story as it was told. I just think, like I said, I think the story uh, was just a little too bland as far as twists and turns and i think it just lacked some imagination if you're doing a horror movie i think there are some more horrific ways they could have taken this story and i think that probably would have been more effective not that being grounded in reality and realism is a bad thing sometimes it works but it's got to be something special when you're when you're so grounded in reality uh, like I said, you, you need sometimes you need a little imagination to to amp up the horror. And I think this this story could have used a little more imagination. Other than that, I mean, the the shots were, were beautiful. A lot of uh, shots of Norway, the cityscapes, the landscapes. I thought that the cinematography was good. The lighting was good. Uh, you know, those dark scenes didn't scenes didn't seem so dark. Uh, they were, you know dark but you you could still tell what's going on i thought the lighting was good i had no problem with the score the score seemed to work well and the sound design really amped up the tension and that's really what this this movie i think one of the triumphs is that it did a really good job with creating atmosphere and creating tension you know the creepiness of an old house the creepiness of a graveyard the creepiness of something lurking in the shadows behind you uh, they did a really good job with that i just feel like a lot of that was all for naught because you had too simple and too grounded in reality uh, a villain and end game for this whole thing. So all in all, like I said, I did enjoy the movie. I just wish it would have been more. I wish there would have been more to it. It's an hour 46 minutes. Uh, there are some parts that could have been trimmed to make this a little more a little more tight. Uh, they could have trimmed like five to ten minutes off this. And I think I would have been a little better with the pace of this. But for the for the most part, it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. So so I can't really complain there. Like I said, I just I wish some things could have been tightened up a little bit uh, as far as that goes. But for all in all, uh, I did enjoy this movie. It was a, an easy watch. It was an enjoyable watch when it's all said and done. I just, like I said, I, I wish there would have been more to it. I wish it would have gone down the roads that it made you feel like it was going down. But ultimately, I'm not disappointed that I watched it. So there you have it. That's my thought on the movie Leave. You can check it out um, on Shudder. It's out on Shudder right now. And like I said, I, I think it is worth the watch. I think you'll enjoy it for the most part. Uh, you may or may not feel like I did, uh, you know, feel like you're left wanting more, or wanting something a little bit different. But uh, but like I said, ultimately, it, it's not a bad watch. So I encourage you to go check it out for yourself. See how you feel about the uh, Norwegian horror thriller Leave. 
Hopefully you enjoy it at least as much as I did. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it more than I did. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was a bad movie. So I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to my thoughts on Leave. You can check out more on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Uh, check out our Facebook page. We're always posting trailers to the latest movies and series. Uh, finding articles from all over the internet. Uh, and added my two cents about the horror fantasy and uh, science fiction genres that uh, that I find articles for. And, of course, uh, all sorts of other stuff all on our Facebook page as well as on our Instagram page. Check that out as well, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Instagram. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, please uh, follow it, subscribe to it, like it, whatever you have to do. Uh, download the episodes, share the episodes, and share this podcast with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction really trying to get our numbers back up and uh, and get the word out about this podcast uh, especially if you enjoy uh, what you're listening to or even if you're ambivalent maybe even if you're just you're like this is some sort of that what's that asmr a whatever uh you just like listening to my my voice and it helps lull you to sleep at night uh, I'm okay with that too, just as long as you're as long as you're listening. Uh, but please share the podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction, and leave those reviews. Five stars would be awesome. But whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. So until next time, thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. <laughs>